Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah. If you don't know me, good morning to everyone who is watching. It is very good to be here and very good to have you with us. So this morning we are continuing on our theme of following. And if you remember, uh, Trevor talked a couple of weeks ago about how we follow together. And then Dan, Dan last week was talking about how followers are friends of Jesus. So this week in our harvest theme, we are talking about followers making followers. Disciples making disciples, if you like. And we all know now that if you plant an apple seed, you get an apple. And, and I thought this, this uh, verse that we had at the beginning about um, seed producing things after its own kind, I thought, this is, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I need. And then it was almost completely ruined when the things were set up on this table. Because, let me show you this. This is supposed to be a beetroot. And Gina said that she planted red beetroots, and this is what came out. And I'm like, oh, no, I'll have to get another sermon, won't I? Because this is completely ruined, because this is not something after its own kind. But I thought, actually, this is still a beetroot. And when we talk about disciples making disciples, we're not making clones. We're making something that might be the same but different. So bear that in mind this morning when I'm talking. So we had that verse right at the beginning about how um, seeds and fruits produce things after their own kind. And it's right at the beginning in Genesis 1, right where um, the world is being created. And often things that are right at the beginning of the Bible, they're very important because they're often principles. They're often things that God establishes. And reproducing is a principle. And reproducing after our own kind is a principle. So we're going to step forward now into the New Testament and look at a story of where the disciples are being called. So we're in John 1, and this is where um, Jesus is now walking the earth. The Gospels are the story of Jesus on the earth, and it starts with John the Baptist, who is a friend and relative of Jesus. And we're going to pick it up at verse 35. And it says, The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him for the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person that the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth claimed Nathanael. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. So this is a great story. And right from the beginning, we can see there's a pattern emerging here. And the pattern is that somebody explains or tells something or tells a story. And then people start to follow. 
And then those people start to invite other people. And that is the basic building block of making disciples. That's what we do. We tell a story. We start to follow. We invite other people to do that. So we're going to unpack that a bit and see what that that looks like for us. So first of all, telling, storytelling. We sometimes call it testimony, but that word doesn't really mean a lot to a lot of people. But we tell our story. We, We tell something about Jesus. And it's very interesting that in this passage, Jesus is described in three different ways. He's described as the Lamb of God. He's described as the Messiah. And he's described as the person that Moses and the prophets wrote about. Now, I don't know much about why those particular uh, descriptions were given. But what I do know is that each of those descriptions was good for the person that was hearing it. That each of those descriptions meant something specific to the person that was being told. It wasn't just one description. It was something that was in context. It was relatable and relevant to that person. And so when we are telling our story, it's really important that we are relatable, that we have a context for our story. Um, I was just thinking, sometimes we have people that um, come to the doors of Jubilee Centre, and a couple of weeks ago, a lovely lady came. It was after our food share on a Friday, and she'd got the times wrong, and she'd got two small children with her, and she had no food for the weekend. So she'd come to get a food parcel, or just come to get some food, I should say, really. And... um, If I'd have said to her, oh, come on in, let me tell you how Jesus got me a big new new shiny car, Um, it wouldn't have been very appropriate, it wouldn't have been very kind, and it wouldn't have been very relatable. This lady had two children and no food for the weekend. And so it was important that if I was going to be Jesus to her, if I was going to share Jesus with her, that I did it in the right context. And in this context, it was actually to give her what she needed. So we need to make sure that when we come across people, that we are relating to them at their point of need, that we are giving them what they need, that what we are sharing with them is relatable and kind and understandable. So that's telling. And then following. We see that um, in this story, people just start to follow Jesus. They leave behind everything and they start to follow him. And I think that's pretty amazing, the way that they just do that, but, but it's Jesus. But actually, we're no different in some ways. Before people start to follow Jesus, if they don't know him, and we're introducing them to him, they will start to follow us. And you might think, well, that's a, that's a bit odd. But actually, people do. You see followers all the time. Gosh, look at Instagram. Everyone's got followers. I've got followers on Instagram. Not many. Um, but I have an Instagram account that's all to do with food. And if somebody asks me, if they come to my house and they ask me, oh, that was a lovely casserole. Can I have the recipe? Well, they're following me because I've influenced them. And so there are people that are following us and people that are watching our lives. So it's really important that in following, we know who we're following, and we are confident in that. And if we also look at this passage, we see that the people that were following went to spend time with Jesus. So it says in this first part that they spent the whole afternoon with Jesus, and then they went and invited other people. But they were now confident about who Jesus was and they were confident about inviting other people. And if we want to be confident about introducing people to Jesus, we need to spend time with him and we need to be confident in him. 
So later on in the book of Acts, um, after Jesus has ascended into heaven and the disciples are now at work, scattered out in the world, Peter and John are arrested um, for speaking about Jesus. And it says about Peter and John in Acts 4 verse 13, that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. I'm like, yes, I'll count myself in there. I have no special training in the scripture, but I can talk about Jesus. And then it says, they were also recognized as men who had been with Jesus. And I think it's really important that we are recognized as people that have been with Jesus. We simply have to be different. And being with Jesus is the way that we do that because people will be influenced by us and people will follow us. So it's important that we are following and that we know who we are following and why. And then we have inviting. Oh, this is a tricky one, isn't it, sometimes? Inviting. Inviting others to come and see. So in this story, Andrew invites Simon, Philip invites Nathaniel. And it's important that we bring people with us. You know, it's not going to happen straight away. You're not going to walk to somebody in the street or have a new friend and just say, oh, just come along with me. Just come to church with me. It's a process. Making disciples is a process. And, you know, we kind of, we build relationships with people, don't we? That's the really important thing is that we are building relationships with people and getting to a stage where we might be able to invite them to something. And I'm not saying it's necessarily inviting them to a church meeting, but it might be. It might be inviting them into your home. It might be inviting them to a Christmas or an Easter celebration. It might be inviting them to pray with you. Again, particularly if there's something that they need prayer for, invite them to collaborate with us. So it's not just, can I pray for you? It's like, can we pray together for what it is that you need? And I had a situation recently where, I, I could have kicked myself. I didn't invite somebody. I heard that a friend of mine had been invited to a spiritualist church and it made me feel so mad with myself and sad about the situation. I didn't resent her. I didn't resent the spiritualist church. I wasn't offended in any way. But I just thought, why didn't I invite her here? Because she knows who I am. She knows where I work. She knows what I do. She knows what I do on a Sunday. And I think I just thought, well, you know all about me. You, you, you know where this building is. You know, if you wanted to come along, you'd tell me. And yet somebody else had come along and specifically invited her somewhere. And I hadn't done that. And I just thought, why? Why didn't I just open my mouth? Why didn't I just invite? And so that's really something for us to think about that that is there someone that you just need to invite to something is there someone that you just need to talk to or pray for you know they could just be so ready so looking for something so it's really important that we don't miss the opportunity now god is full of grace and i have invited her and i get a second chance every time and i'm hoping that one day i might see her here and not just see her here but that that she will experience that she's not just coming to a meeting that she will encounter God because that's what we're really really looking for isn't it we're we're not inviting people to a thing we're inviting them to encounter God 
And Jesus always intended when he drew his disciples together, right at the beginning in John 1, where we saw that story, Jesus always intended that when he invited his disciples together, it wasn't for his benefit. It wasn't so that he could just have a nice group of people around him. It wasn't so they could party all the time, although I suspect they did quite a lot of that. Um, It wasn't just that he could teach them stuff. Jesus gathered his disciples so that he could send them out and that he could send them out into the world. And it says in Mark 3, verse 14, he appointed the 12 that they might be with him and he might send them out. And then also at the end of the Gospels, after Jesus has been raised from the dead, we get what's commonly known amongst Christians as the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is where Jesus sends out the disciples into the world. And he says in Matthew 28, verse 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It's who we are. It's what we've been called to do. We've been called to Jesus so that we can be sent out by Jesus to make disciples in all the world. And if you think, oh, it's really difficult. It's, it's not for me. I can't do this. Do you know, there's a way that everybody can do it. There's just, you will find a way. Maybe it is just being kind to someone. Maybe it all starts with one single step. Maybe it's a smile and a hello. And who knows where God will take us on that journey from there. Because making disciples and being made into a disciple is an ongoing process. So as we make disciples, we are all still being formed. I'm still being made a disciple. The day that I found Jesus and became a Christian, I can't tell you how many years ago, yeah, 30 some, 40 something, 40 something, yeah. Um, I, that was another step in my discipleship journey. So we are all still helping each other to make disciples. We are discipling one another together. And also we disciple people towards the kingdom. So people that are, are not currently in the church or saved or whatever, by the way that we live our lives, we are discipling them towards Jesus. So whatever way you're doing it, I want to encourage you to keep going, that you can do it, that everybody can, everybody has something to offer, everybody has a word to give or a smile to give or something kind, something Jesus-like to do. So it includes all of us. I've gone off script, so I'm wrapping up now. So thinking about the harvest and thinking about the rhythms of life and of recreation and of moving forward and of the seasons, for us, we're in a season of following. You know, that season might go on for many years. Well, it will. It'll go on forever, actually. But for us as a church, we're in that season of following. And so we're following Jesus. Let's be confident in who he is. Let's be confident in who we are. Let's tell our story. Let's follow Jesus and let's invite others to do the same. And remember, is there someone you need to ask? Is there someone you need to ask something? And if you're listening to this today and you don't know who Jesus is and you don't know what it means to be a follower or a disciple of Jesus, you know, everybody can follow Jesus. It's open to everybody. Nobody is counted out. So if you don't know who Jesus is or you don't know what it means to be a follower, you can find out. If you're online, hit the prayer button and somebody will 
come and talk to you. If you're here, please go to our visitors area at the end and somebody will talk to you. Come and talk to me. Talk to the person that brought you. But don't miss the opportunity to find out more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus and for followers to make followers. Thank you.